Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Hi everyone. So earlier this week and really within the last few weeks, we have been chatting about how to discover yourself And really, there's so many different pieces to that. There's so many ways to do that. And ultimately, discovering how to tap into your intuition, discovering how to tap into your inner voice and learning to trust that and using it as a guide to help propel you in the direction that you want to go. I thought that the interview that I had with Dr. Anna Usum would be the perfect interview for you to take actionable, meaningful steps towards learning how to discover your intuition because at the end of the day, we're all very different and we all discover our intuition in different ways. And Dr. Anna Usum, she really uncovers that and makes sense of it in a very straightforward way. So that really, I think anybody listening to this interview would have a lot of key takeaways. And I really think that finding your intuition and finding out who you are as a person and really taking away the filters that we've been talking about so often within the last few weeks about societal norms, what the people that we love want for us, what everybody else says we should be doing. Once you take that away and you get down to who you are as a person and discovering that intuition, it's really, I think, the key to unlocking your true potential and true happiness and success. And Dr. Anna Usum, she is amazing at telling that in a very simple way. She's been on CNN, Fox News, Mind Body Green, Psychology Today, Oprah.com. She's really been everywhere, my friends. She's an internationally recognized and award-winning Stanford and Yale-educated board-certified psychiatrist and executive coach. She's worked with Fortune 500 CEOs, Olympic athletes, A-list actors, actresses, and she's helped over 1,500 people in 70 countries achieve greater impact, purpose, and joy in their life and their work. So I'm really excited for you to get to meet Dr. Anna Usum. You're going to have so many amazing takeaways here. And listen to the end. She does have 
a free course that really teaches you the science behind some of the concepts that she introduces within this interview. So I highly encourage you to A, check out the show notes and B, listen to the end because I promise you it is well worth it, my friends. All right. I hope you enjoy. I am so excited to dive into today's topic, which is to learn how to become authentically you. So exciting to have you today, Dr. Anna. I cannot thank you enough for your time. And I'm really looking forward to diving into our topic because I think this is something that as women, we feel that we have to like juggle so much, the mom, the wife, the career, and it's hard sometimes to stop and say, well, what do I want? Who, who am I? So I'm so excited to learn more about how we do that. Thanks so much for having me, Tara. I think it's a wonderful topic and I'm excited to be here with you as well. Thank you so much. So tell us, what is the first step in really uncovering how to become, you know, how to get acquainted with becoming authentic, how to learn who you are? Right, yeah. And it's a great question because, you know, who are we really and what do we most deeply want? Now, in some societies and cultures, to even ask that question is a luxury because in many societies, you come into a family, you grow up, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to marry this person, do this, this kind of work, live this kind of way. And the idea of what do you really want, if you ask that, it's dangerous, it's sacrilegious, it's not encouraged, certainly, and you really don't ask that question. We in the United States, many of us live in a way and in a world that not only are we encouraged to ask that, but not asking that question could lead us to feel very trapped and stifled and lead a life that isn't authentically ours. We can end up living a life that is dictated by our families, by our communities, by our societies, all of which are it's completely fine. But if we're trying to live an authentic life, and what I define as authenticity is alignment with one's own soul, bringing into this world that which is a reflection of your unique talents, abilities, interests, and what it is that you're meant to contribute in whatever way you're meant to contribute it. Nobody can know what that really is except for you. And by asking yourself, what do I most deeply want? What contribution can I make? That's the first way that you start to live more authentically and figure out what your unique contribution in this world is. Awesome. And I love that you just pointed out that not all of us within this world, like the United States, we have the luxury of asking ourselves that question. And it's almost like it's our duty in some ways because it is a luxury to not pass it by, not just say, okay, I'm going to live life and, and go through the motions, but it would almost do everyone else a disservice if we wouldn't ask that because people in the world that do not have that same luxury and, and hopefully we can model to them. I think it's really neat that you mentioned that because that's something that you know, is a really a gift that we have the luxury to ask ourselves that question. So awesome. So the first step essentially is to having that conversation with yourself of what contribution do I want to make? Now, how do you separate out the voices of, well, this is what so-and-so wants me to do. And this is what, you know, I should do. And this is what society views as acceptable. You know, how do you kind of flush through that? 
Yeah. And it's a really important and actually a very difficult question because sometimes you can be like, yeah, I want to do this, this, and this. And then you try it, you try it on for size. You try doing exactly what you want and realize actually, you know what? I'm not passionate about this. And not only that, but this isn't really me. And actually I was doing it because I felt that it was the right thing to do according to all of these things, according to society, my family, my parents, my husband, my wife, my whatever. And it's not really who I am or what I really wanted. And so it's very frequent that people will take a step in the direction they think that they're supposed to be going only to find that, you know what, this doesn't feel right. I feel really unhappy. I feel trapped. I feel, and then you backtrack and then you're like, okay, well, then what do I need to do? Then how do I need to think about things? And then you give yourself the freedom to do precisely that. You give yourself the freedom to think outside the box. Now, to be clear, we don't always have that freedom. The time that you might realize that you're not quite happy and you're not quite aligned is after you have a mortgage and three children. So it's not like you can then go gallivant the world and then figure out, well, what do I want now? But within whatever framework you're in and within whatever structures define your life, you still could ask that question and you can take baby steps towards trying to be more true and authentic and trying to live a life that's more aligned with your soul and more aligned with your true essence. It's interesting that you mentioned this and you kind of went over it, but I want to talk a little bit more about it. And that is feeling like you're not aligned, feeling like something's off. What are the classic signs to feeling like, you know, you, something's off, you need to make a change in order to find that happiness? Yeah. And so I'm a psychiatrist. And so a lot of people come to me feeling misaligned with all sorts of symptoms. And those could be anything that presents to a psychiatrist's office, including anxiety, depression, insomnia, obsessions, feeling dis-ease in life. It could even be a physical symptoms or physical manifestations, headaches, stomach aches, even cancer. You know, it could be feeling as though you're lost, feeling empty, feeling unfulfilled. All of those are symptoms of being misaligned or not aligned with one's own soul. Now, it's not purely a spiritual problem always. There's so many factors to what makes us fulfilled and what can contribute to these feelings of misalignment. There's obviously biological factors. There could be biological imbalances within our body, within our system. Certainly we can have vitamin nutritional deficiencies. We can have a thyroid imbalance. That's just a little bit of that. We could have a genetic propensity to certain conditions like anxiety, depression, insomnia, that sometimes if non-medication options are insufficient, sometimes you need a medication or sometimes a medication can be particularly helpful. There's also psychological, there's emotional causes. And then of course, there's also the spiritual cause of feeling sort of misaligned with one's soul. And so you can also address the spiritual cause through spiritual processes of trying to connect to your sense of something greater than yourself. And whether that be the universe, whether that be God, whether that be a set of collective values that help you to transcend, like love, peace, perseverance, the search for truth. And all of those are ways that people can then connect to the deepest part of themselves. Oh, wow. There's a lot to unpack here. I don't even know where to start. So I guess where I will start is, you know, you mentioned that you know, people will come to you with the spiritual like side effects, you know, such as anxiety, depression, and sometimes physical side effects as well. Would you say from your clinical opinion, 
Is there any correlation there with people resisting living authentically and they're misaligned and they're not living from a place where they're happy and they're kind of going against the grain and the resistance to creating actual physical ailments such as headaches, such as digestive issues, things like that. Do you see the exact correlation there? Well, it's complicated because whenever anybody comes with any sort of symptom, there's so many different underpinning, you know, possible underpinnings or possible Mm -hmm. causes. And certainly misalignment with one's soul is a major one. And yes, there could be very much direct correlation between not really listening to yourself on a deep level and certain symptoms. For instance, you could be marrying a person that on a deep, deep level, you don't really want to marry and you're not even honest with yourself about it, but you're doing it because you don't want to let this person down. You don't want to let your family down. This person seems good on paper, but in your heart of hearts, you really don't feel connected to this person. That's like one, you know, possibility of this, or you could be living your life and doing a job. And there's certainly nothing wrong with doing your job to feed your family and to, you know, nothing wrong at all. But sometimes people are doing something that they really just feel so out of place in, and they could be doing something that also would pay the bills that would be so much more aligned with who they are. Maybe it would pay the bills not as much. Maybe it would be something more artistic or creative as opposed to something financially driven, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just feel like that's bearing down on you and that's keeping you from being able to align with yourself. And so the one-on-one correlation between not living your truth and symptoms totally depends on the person. Because with all these other causes, if someone comes in feeling depressed and out of place, it could also be biological. It could also be genetic. It could also be deeply psychological, but it also could be spiritual. Interesting. So when someone comes and works with you, is that you assess the full picture, whether, you know, the, the biological side, the spiritual side. So you're looking at it from a clinical perspective as well as the spiritual perspective, correct? Absolutely. I feel like understanding the spiritual dimension of any human being is a huge part of understanding the whole person. It's as important, if not more sometimes, as understanding their biology, their genetics, their psychological profile. They're like the social factors that are in their life. Interesting. I love it. I'm glad that you're highlighting this because, you know, I know so many people, oh, I don't feel like I have the time to maybe go see someone, go work with someone. But the reality of it is, is maybe if they were to take the time to unpack some of these things that we're talking about, it would free up that time in the long run, right? <laughs> and, and really change the trajectory, you know, of their, their life, their success. So I'm happy that we're really unpacking the multiple dimensions of of what it's like in order to kind of get in alignment with who you're meant to be. Now, one other thing that you mentioned that I really want to dive into is you mentioned the spiritual processes that one can take in order to start to live more authentically and get more in line with who they're meant to be. Can you walk us through some of those? Yeah. And one of them, whether you call this a spiritual or psychological process, it's really starting to ask yourself every day and starting to essentially prime your soul with the question, what do I most deeply want? What do I most deeply want? And doing this as either a meditation or doing it as a journaling exercise. And as you're doing it, if you journal, 
to let anything and everything come out, no matter how um, seemingly insignificant it seems. For instance, you can be like, oh, I'm hungry, I want a burrito. So you could be thinking that that's just a burrito, but actually what is a burrito? It's food, it's sustenance, it's nurturance. That coming into your mind in response to that question could indeed mean you're hungry or that you're spiritually hungry, that you actually need nurturance on a much, much deeper level. And so that's the first exercise. The second exercise is if you pray, if you are spiritual, to be able to pray and ask for help. You know, dear universe, dear God, dear source, whatever your prayer is, please help me gain clarity. What do I most deeply want? What contribution am I meant to make in this world? And how do I get there? And you just add that to whatever prayers you say, or just make that your daily prayer, which takes one minute a day, and then start to look for answers and expect those answers to come to you. And those answers can come in the form of intuition. You can get clarity, you can have thoughts. They can come from other people. They can come in the form of reading a newspaper article that's particularly <laughs> relevant to whatever it is that you're thinking about. They can come in the form of a new job answer, a job offer. And so to put that out into the universe and to expect some form of response. Those are just two ways in which you can use a little bit of spirituality to help with the process. Oh, that's so good because I think it's so interesting that you, you mentioned the, you know, the praying or the just asking for guidance, because I think that the moment that we do that, you know, we're opening up our mind to actually letting in the, the possibility. Whereas before, if you don't even recognize that you need help, then you're not, you're a repellent. You're not bringing any of that into your atmosphere because you're not looking for it. Right. So that's really interesting that, you know, all it does is it takes what a minute a day. Now, would you, do you couple these practices? Like, is it best practice to do them together so that you're kind of creating that time and space to bring in that? You can put aside, because that's like, if you were to do stream of consciousness, writing exercises on the question, what do I most deeply want? That will take you five minutes a day. You could do that at any time in the day. And then you can end it with a little prayer that takes a minute. So that's six minutes of your day devoted to the spiritual inquiry. And then the rest of the day, you're open. You're open to guidance. You're open to answers coming in. And you just are receptive to whatever the world brings you. Oh, I love it. So good. It only takes six minutes a day, ladies. Mm -hmm. So for all of you listening, saying, I do not have enough time. I think you can make six minutes, what one minute and then five minutes. Like it's even breaking it up. Right. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about, you know, the intuition. That's one of the things that will probably most likely kick in when you're asking for guidance and when you're either meditating or journaling. Can you talk a little bit about learning how to recognize that that's your intuition? Right. So, so what is intuition? Intuition is the voice of your soul. And that's what you're trying to align with. And how do you hear your intuition? You can hear your intuition, which is that very quiet, still voice of the soul speaking to you only when the other voices, which is the loud chattering voice of your thoughts, or the equally loud chattering voice of your emotions temporarily cease. When those voices are quiet, the intuition comes to the surface. Now, intuition doesn't necessarily have to just be a still quiet voice. That's the way intuition can manifest inside of you. Intuition and guidance can also come outside of you, and that's in the form of synchronicity. So synchronicity is a term coined by Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung, and it means that 
co-occurrence of two non-causally related events that are particularly meaningful to you, such as you think about somebody and then that person calls you. Now, you thinking about that person didn't make them call you, but for many people, when that happens, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Or you have a dream about somebody and then you bump into them on the street the next day. Now, obviously your dream didn't cause you bumping in on the street to that person, but somehow those two things are you know, meaningful to many people. For other people, they'd be like, it's completely meaningless. It's just a random coincidence, in which case for them, it's not a synchronicity. But it's like those little meaningful coincidences that come into your life. That's also for some people and for a Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung, a way in which the universe can guide you. So internally, the universe can guide you through intuition or that still quiet voice. Externally, the universe can guide you through these little synchronicities in your life. And both ultimately are a form of tapping into the deepest part of yourself and helping you to go along the way of where you need to go. Oh, that is so amazing because I think that's one aspect that we forget or, you know, it's something that I never would have thought of is those, you know, external, that externally that it can also be the guide, you know, when you're asking for help or when you're putting your mind to task on what it is that you, you want or that you need, or you need help with something, just being open to that, the external affirmations will come to you, but you have to be open to listening to that. Now, one thing too, that I wanted to chat with you about that you mentioned is emotions. Now, <laughs> I think as human beings, right, we're all, our emotions are like a roller coaster. They're good one minute and then they're crazy bad the next. And, and sometimes our, our intuition or, you know, our true, you know, logical self voices get lost in the mix. Now, how do you know when you're hearing your inner voice versus, you know, it's just your emotions trying to run the show. Absolutely. Right. And, and that's really a great question because people often ask if something is like saying no inside you, is that your fear or is that your intuition? And is fear just one manifestation of your intuition? So Ooh. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> <That's an> good. <laughs> I had, I read a lot of interesting answers to that question. And my favorite answer is that emotions often have a very, very strong, like emotional or like uh, valence to them. Whereas mm. intuition doesn't have that. Intuition is more still and quiet. There isn't an up and down quality to it. Often it will manifest as a knowing. It doesn't always manifest as a knowing. It could manifest with strong, deep emotions as well. But usually intuition is stiller and more quiet while the emotions are the ups and downs of life. Now, let's also talk about all the different forms of intuition and how intuition can manifest, right? Mm -hmm. I said that it was a still quiet voice. And yes, intuition can manifest as a voice. That's one form of intuition called clairaudience, right? You manifest, you um, get your knowing through a voice. There's also clairvoyance, which is when you get your intuition, you get it by seeing. You can see an image in your mind. You could just have a picture that then tells you. There's also claircognizance, which is some people, their intuition is just unknowing. They don't know how they know or why they know, but they just know. And then there's clairsentience, which is you feel it in your body. 
You know something because you feel it either in your gut or in your heart, but something just feels. So those are four different ways that you can experience intuition. And you notice that none of them really have that much of an emotional component. So often emotions and intuition, even though very, very related, aren't one and the same. That's interesting that you bring up those four different types of, of ways that you know that that's your inner voice, because I think that so many of us, if you were to ask us, like, what type of person are you? Are you a feeler? Do you hear your thoughts more than, than your emotions? You know, you can kind of pick like, this is, this, this makes sense to me. This one does, this one doesn't. So I'm glad that you covered all of those because I mean, at the end of the day, we're all different. Right. And, and when we're talking about your inner voice, I think for me, I always kind of think of it as, you know, that, that voice that just won't shut up in the background, you know, or that, like you said, that inner peace, I kind of view it as that say, I get asked a question and I, you know, do you want to go do this? And then that voice inside me is saying, no, don't. (laughs) you know, like it kind of is in the background saying, don't do that, you know? Um, but for some of us, that might not be how we perceive it, you know? So I'm glad that you went over that. They'll like their response to that will be a feeling in their gut or they'll like have a vision, like a, fl- a vision flash of something, or they'll just know I want to do this. I need to do this or, you know, not for me. Yeah. And it's cool too, that you mentioned that because when we're, when we're talking to you, especially this question about, you know, what do you most deeply want? You know, we have to, we have people in our lives, right. That are along for the journey of our life. Right. So in order to kind of explain like, this is why I want what I want and I want your support. I think being able to have a good understanding why they want those things is so important to be able to convey to those that are along with us for the journey. So I'm glad that you have thoroughly kind of explained each one of these here so that it's easier for us to to talk to those people in our lives that need to provide us that support, right? (laughs) Awesome. So I guess my last question is when you finally find what, you know, what it is that you want, what is your advice? How do you start to follow through on that, even when it might seem scary? Absolutely. And that's such a huge question because how many of us have had intuitions? I need to do this. I need to not do this. And have done the opposite. We as human beings don't always listen to our intuition. We don't always, not just because we don't always hear it because intuition is hard to hear because our thoughts are so loud and our emotions can be so loud, but also because we could hear it. And then just like you're saying, acting on it is too scary for a million different reasons. It would disrupt the status quo. What if I fail? What if I succeed? What if I, you know, learn something about myself? I don't want to know all these reasons why people don't act on their intuition. And so to follow through, if the intuition is something that is guiding you to make a big, big change in your life, you do everything you can, because ultimately, you know, the ego or like that part of you that doesn't want to move forward It just feels unsafe. It's scared. And so you want to make it as safe for yourself as possible. So if you need to leave your job, your intuition is telling you to do that. You could, of course, create this cataclysmic change. I'm done. I'm going. I'm free. I'm going to find something different. Or you could, to the best of your ability, find, you know, 
forays into new work slowly but surely as you're in your old job and start interviewing very slowly but surely. Like you can make changes, either huge cataclysmic changes or slow changes in due time in the right way. And so for people who are more risk averse, that's the best thing. Create little baby steps to where you need to go. And all the fears that come up, honor those fears, like listen to those fears, give yourself the safety that you need. But at the end of the day, if you're going to follow your intuition, it does entail courage. It does mean leaving behind those parts of yourself that no longer serve you in order to embrace who you can become. And so you can't just constantly be catering to your fears. You have to see that on the other side of the fear is something big. And that's what ultimately needs to drive you. And so it's also the recognition and remembrance that courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is being able to move forward despite fear. Ooh, I love it. That is good. I'm glad that you, you know, you kind of walked us through that because I think so many of us, especially, you know, mid-career, you know, that have dreams of maybe transitioning to a new career or have, you know, ambitions to leave our career and start our own business. Like these seem like such big, huge steps to take, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can still take baby steps in order to make it happen. And just because it's such a big change doesn't mean you can't get there eventually. So I'm so happy that you kind of mentioned that because I think for so many high achieving women, it's like, it's a this or that, and it doesn't have to be, it can be a this and that, you know, now this, now that later, that now this later, it could be anything. And in order to have it, you have to imagine it. You have to like first see it into existence and believe it to be true and have the courage to say, this is what I truly want. And only then can you have it. Awesome. I love it. Now, as we come to a close, I'm really excited to talk about two things that you have for our audience that they're going to get so much out of. It's not even funny. So right after this interview, you have to go grab it. (laughs) Um, So it's a free spirituality and mental health mini course. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? So this is a mini course on the intersection of psychiatry, my profession, mental health, and spirituality. And I co-created this course with Harvard neurosurgeon, Dr. Evan Alexander, and meditation expert, Karen Newell. We put this together in order to put out the current scientific understanding of the intersection between science, spirituality, consciousness, and also tools to elevate people's consciousness such as binaural beats meditation, which is what Karen Newell does, the kind of meditation that she offers to the world. So that's what the course is. I hope you enjoy the mini course. It's free. Oh, this is so amazing because one thing that I have realized while getting into moving from corporate into the the coaching world is that so many, so many women want to know the science behind the spirituality of why we do what we do. And, and so that way, by going through this course, you're really walking them through the science behind the processes and and why it works. So that's why you guys need to go grab this ASAP. What an amazing gift that you have given us. That is amazing. So thank you so much for offering that to our audience. And I appreciate your time today. Now, do you have any other words for us as we close, Dr. Anna? 
Um, no, it's just to be courageous and to know that fear, F-E-A-R, my favorite mnemonic for that is false evidence appearing real. The majority of your fears are just delusions. And so the way to move forward is just to take that next step. And like I said before, courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is being able to move forward despite fear. So please go follow your intuition, follow your dreams, lead the best life possible and be fulfilled. Oh, I love it. I wish I had someone transcribing this entire interview because... <laughs> Because you have dropped so many amazing things for us today, and I can't wait to share them in the notes for the audience. So especially that last one, the the acronym for fear. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate your time as always, and stay tuned for more. We have a lot of great things coming your way. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode, and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coaching info at burnout, the number two blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now, remember, Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination until next time.